Hello, and welcome to season three of Canna Confidential. I'm Cheryl, and I am pleased to be your host this morning. I'm going to share some information with you about a couple of different topics. I'd like to start off by saying that if you have a topic that you would like me to address, as most of you know, I am a commercial grower. I'm licensed by Health Canada. I am a microcultivator with a processing license. I also have medical sales and in the lineup for a sales amendment to sell recreationally. So I have a broad spectrum of information that I can share with you. So if you ever have any questions that you'd like me to go over, you can reach out at admin at cannaconfidential.co. That's not .com, .co. And I'd be happy to address, I can address you by email or, or if it's popular enough, we'll bring it right to the podcast floor. I'm gonna talk about a couple of things this morning. Uh, I've been asked about genetics a lot lately and I can't tell you enough how important genetics are. The, it's, it's key to the success or the failure of your operation. There are people out there that, that that's all they do is phenohunt. And phenohunt is when you um, identify a strain that you'd like to perfect and then you breed for the, for the plant and then you pick the strongest and best plant out of that and then you crossbreed it again until you get a really strong strain. When you get a strong strain and a strong uh, plant growing, that plant in itself is going to be resistant to disease. And what kind of diseases can you get? You can get powdery mildew, you can get root rot, you can get bud rot. There's all kinds of things that can lean into um, diseases in the cannabis plant. Pests are also a problem in the in a in a cannabis grow environment. If you have a strong strain, you don't have to worry about gnats or whitefly or some of the other pests that can show up. And typically, most growers that I know don't use pesticides. Health Canada really frowns on pesticides. Most of us use a predator type of um, solution to the to these bugs that you get. But if you have a strong strain, you usually don't even have to worry about them. A strong strain is usually resistant to stressors as well. Occasionally, you might overwater or underwater or uh, your nutrient levels might be too high or um, you might have temperatures too high. There are certain things that can go wrong inside a grow. But if you have a strong genetic, the plant can override stressors as long as it's not consistent. A one-off, a plant can usually clear it up themselves. So that being said, um, it, it's really important that you get a strong strain and get real familiar with it. Remember that high THC isn't everything. There's also the terpene profile, and I believe that the terpene profile is probably even more important than the high THC. Remember in the CBD plant, you can also get the terpene profile without any THC. So when you're shopping for, for seeds, don't just look at the THC. Look at the terpene profile, because that's pretty important. Also, when you're shopping for seeds or clones, look at the length of time that it takes to grow the plant. So there's, there's a length of time that you will take the, let's talk about seeds first. So you'll take the seed and soak it, germinate, and then you'll put it into its growing medium. And then from there, how long does it take to veg? So 
are you going to go straight to flower with this plant or are you going to turn it into a mother that you can cut clones from? You want to know how long it's going to take you to get from uh, a, you know, a two inch tall plant to something that you can cut clones from. And typically you're looking at about a three month window for that to happen. And then if you're going to turn it into a mother, then you can start cutting clones around the three or four month mark and start turning those clones into the ones that you'll veg out. You also want to be aware of your flowering time. So some plants will flower in 55 days from start to finish. Some will take three, I've even had some go four and five months. So it, it you want to know what you're getting into when you're buying that, uh, that clone or, or the seeds that you're wanting to work with. There's something to be said for sticking with a strain. So if you find a strain that you're really happy with and you just, you, uh, you have good results and, and it's something that you're using for yourself and you're really happy with the taste, you're happy with the profile, there's something to be said for getting very, very good at growing that one strain. There's something also to be said for diversification. So if you get really good at one and then you'd like the challenge of something else or you've heard of another strain that you'd like to try, um, it's two different, two different ways that you can go about that. I personally like to get really good at one strain. Something else to consider is whether you're gonna grow indoor or outdoor. Some strains do not do well indoors. Some strains do not do well outdoors. And you can get the same strain, supposedly the same strain, with different results. So if you have two seeds and you decide you're going to grow outdoor and you start those plants off, you can get very different results from those seeds. And sometimes I wonder if the person that sold you the seeds really knew uh, what they were doing and, and did they drop them on the nursery floor and now all of a sudden you've got actually two different plants. So that being said, you want to be very careful about where you buy your seeds and where you buy your clones. There are a lot of people out there in the legacy market and in the legal market selling clones and seeds. Do your homework. Research uh, not only the THC but the terpene profile. Research what the growing times are and don't believe what the person on the other end of the phone or the other end of the email is telling you because they want you to buy their product and they may not be giving you accurate information. So do your own homework. And so that you know if this is an indoor plant, if this is an outdoor plant, if it's sativa or indica, know what your terpene profile is and just uh, educate yourself on what you're getting into so that you know that right off the hop you're going to have a good harvest because there's nothing more disappointing than starting off with expensive seeds. And seeds can be very expensive and there's nothing more disappointing than starting off with expensive seeds or clones, clones can be very expensive as well, um, and, and growing it out and then not having the result that you were looking for. Something else I'd like to mention about clones, when you're buying clones from somebody, you have to be very careful that you're buying something that's coming directly from a mother that was started from seed. You don't want to buy a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone because the longer it goes on, the weaker the genetic. Now there's some guys that'll tell you that that's not so. 
I've done it multiple times and had my product tested by labs, certified by Health Canada Labs, that the product it, it dilutes over time. So I can grow something out and have it tested, and then I grow out at the next set of clones and have it tested, and it's weak. So just be very careful about who you're buying your stuff from. Do your own homework and, uh, and be aware of what you're doing. My advice would be to grow your own seeds and clone from your own plants. If you think about your cannabis business as a, a pyramid or a three-legged table, the three main points from my perspective are the genetics that you start out with, your growing practices, and that includes your environment and your, the nutrients that you're using, and then the third leg would be marketing. So genetics being 30% of that successful profile, it's really important to make sure that you do your homework and get the right genetics to start off with. Last June, BM, BNN Bloomberg did an article, and, and even if you get your information from YouTube or MJ BizCon or MJ Biz Daily, it's always about the, the genetic. You are competing with people from the legacy market, the gray market, and of course the, your own competition inside the legal market too. So when you're looking for uh, strains, think about your customer and your customer wants a visual uh, picture of the bud. When they open the can or the bag and your products arrive there, they want a nice, tight, sometimes colorful bud. All kinds of shades of green work, um, and sometimes they, there's blues and purples and blacks in it. You want a pretty visual of the of the end product. The nose, the smell of the cannabis is a big part of of why a buyer buys your product. Of course, the effects that your cannabis provides to a, a customer is paramount. And, and when that person reaches into the tin or the jar or the plastic bag, the Mylar bag, whatever it is, when they take that out in their fingers, they want to feel um, a dense, firm bud, but still with a little bit of sponginess to it and sticky. And all of that comes from the genetic choice that you make when you're starting out. There are growers out there that have been cleaning their uh, their genetic choices for decades. When you're competing with the legacy market, some of these guys have been at it for 30 and 40 years, defining and cleaning and just really um, defining exactly what their product's gonna be. So make sure you're making wise choices. I talked to an LP uh, a couple of years ago that told me that they had spent millions of dollars on intellectual property just pheno hunting for the, the strains that they were going to grow inside their facility. The breeding program that they had going on was costing them millions of dollars in intellectual property alone. And then they were hoping to uh, copyright, trademark, patent that strain so that they were the only ones that were able to grow it. Remember when uh, Aurora started out, they did the same thing. They were looking for very unique cultivars that they could have uh, that would define their business profile alone. So 
when you're looking for your own strains, keep that in mind. And if you are going to breed, know that it depends on the on the on the male plant and the female plant, and then you have to crossbreed and crossbreed and crossbreed those seeds to get a very very strong genetic line going. You can do this for 15. I talked to a, a, another breeder not too long ago, and she said that she'd been going for 15 years doing this and had only come up with two diamonds in that whole 15 years. So it can be a long time coming up with something that's really, really perfect. Don't be afraid to uh, roll up your sleeves and, and take a lot of notes while you're going through this hunt. And good luck with that.